Birdnote presents. April is National Poetry Month in the U.S., and to celebrate, we're featuring contemporary poets who write about our feathered friends. Tracy Brimhall is an associate professor of poetry at Kansas State University. Her first published collection is called Rookery, and naturally, it features a number of poems about birds. But Brimhall didn't grow up birding. Her interest came later in life. I did graduate school in New York City, And then received a fellowship in Madison, Wisconsin, um, right after I graduated. And I'd packed up my U-Haul and drove out of New York City with all of my belongings. And the mountains in Pennsylvania flattened out into Ohio. um, And all of a sudden, there was like a vulture eating a deer at the side of the road. And I saw red-winged blackbirds. And I started to see all these things. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they're not pigeons. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with pigeons, of course. They've appeared in her poems, too. But Tracy has written about many different kinds of birds since that cross-country experience, including one poem about a nightjar, a kind of small bird that's most active at dusk and dawn. This one is more allegorical or metaphorical of the end of a relationship. Obad with a broken neck. The first night you don't come home, summer rains shake the clematis. I bury the dead moth I found in our bed, scratch up a rutabaga and eat it rough with dirt. The dog finds me and presents between his gentle teeth a twitching nightjar. In her panic, she sings in his mouth. He gives me her pain like a gift, and I take it. I hear the cries of her young, greedy with need, expecting her return. But I don't let her go until I get into the house. I read the auspices. The way she flutters against the wallpaper's moldy roses means all can be lost. How she skims the ceiling means a storm approaches. You should see her in the beginnings of her fear, rushing at the starless window, her body a dart, her body the arrow of longing aimed, as all desperate things are, to crash, not into the object of desire, but into the darkness behind it. The poem is an obad, a lyric form of poetry that one lover would sing to another before they had to part in the morning. Traditionally, this type of poem was simple and romantic. So Romeo and Juliet fighting over whether it's a lark or a nightingale is really a debate over whether or not he's got to roll out of bed and climb out the window, or if he can stay and snuggle for a few more minutes. But in this poem, the parting is very different. There's something else going wrong in the relationship, and that's why the relationship's going to be over. So instead of a a sweet love poem where the parting is just the fault of the sun, there's something else darker happening with it. In a number of Brimhall's poems, she processes and makes sense of the darker parts of life. It's another boring fact of life that you're going to walk past a dead bird a few times a season. You know, on sidewalks, or you know, a bird has flown into a window, or a fledgling left the nest too early and didn't make it. Usually we we shudder, we look away, or we don't want to look. I'm often just really sad for the bird, but I usually look at it, just trying to take a closer look at life. Fiat Lux 
My sister asks what ate the bird's eyes as she cradles the dead chickadee she found on the porch. Ants, I say, knowing the soft ocular cells are the easiest way into the red feast of heart, liver, kidney. I tell her that when they ate the bird, they saw the blue, bold sky, the patchwork of soybean fields and sunflowers, a bear loping across a gravel road. Already they are bringing back to their tunnels the slow chapters of spring, a slough drying to become a meadow, and the bruised smell of sex inside flowers. They start to itch for a mate's black-feathered throat and music. As she cushions the eggs, their queen dreams of young chickadees stretching their necks and crying for their mother to protect them until they learn to see. Sister, it is like this. The visions begin to waver and the colony goes mad. Fearful, they'll never see another dahlia tell its purple rumor or see a river commit itself to the ocean. As the last memory leaves them, they twitch in their sleep, trying to make out the distant boatman lifting his lantern, his face disfigured by light. In what could be a sad scene, Brimhall brings a sense of hope, imagining and celebrating the life of this bird and the new life brought from its passing. I think there's something somewhat lovely about thinking about the transformations that go through a life or how a life is shared or how something or somebody is remembered. Many poets write about birds in a romantic style, exalting nature as this pristine thing, separate from people. But Brimhall's work has a level of intimacy, a more everyday and immediate view of nature. Fledgling. I scare away rabbits stripping the strawberries in the garden, ripened ovaries reddening their mouths. You take down the hanging basket and show it to our son, a nest, secret as a heart, throbbing between flowers. Look, but don't touch, you instruct our son, who has already begun to reach for the black globes of a new bird's eyes, wanting to touch the world, to know it. Disappointed, you say, common house finch, as if even banal miracles aren't still pink and blind and heaving with life. When the cat your ex-wife gave you died, I was grateful. I'd never seen a man grieve like that for an animal. I held you like a victory, embarrassed and relieved that this was how you loved, to the bone of you, to the meat. And we want the stricken pleasure of intimacy, so we risk it, we do, Every day we take down the basket and prove it to our son. Just look at its rawness, its tenderness. It's almost flying. In Fledgling, there's a real celebration of the everyday, of banal miracles, as Tracy puts it. The problem with miracles is most of them are so common that we forget to notice. So something even like childbirth, everybody's like, oh, it's such a miracle. And it's like, are you kidding? That was bloody and painful and gross. But it is miraculous. I think we forget what a miracle is or that it can be all of these things at once. It can be so extraordinary and sublime and also common and also maybe messy. But I think we forget the miraculous has many qualities. Through her poetry, Tracy Brimhall brings us closer to nature showing it in a fresh and inspiring way. As you go through the world, remember to look for and celebrate the everyday. Today's episode was produced by me, 
Mark Bramhill. I also love that we basically have the same last name. That I, I was know, like, is somebody um, punking me the first time? <laughs> yeah. Um, my girlfriend actually is a poet. And uh, when we first started dating, then she was disappointed to realize that we were not related. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you can hear more avian-affiliated poetry by contemporary writers on our website, birdnote.org, as well as links to Tracy's books, which you should really check out. I'm Mark Bramhill. Thanks for listening. <laughs>